What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are in part two here of Are You Ready? I'm really excited to just share this word with you. Um, You know, it would mean the world to us if you just share this with somebody send it to them, um, and we appreciate that. Um, so as we get into the Word, just as a reminder, you can scan the QR code for the sermon notes or, or just text the word sermon to uh, the number on the screen, uh, 323-405-3232, and our sermon notes, our weekly sermon notes are on the Version Bible app. So that's where that link will send you. And so uh, let's get into the word today. So I'm going to open up in prayer. And um, today we're just going to uh, talk about Ezra a little bit. And, and within the context of are you ready, it's just and really encourage you um, to seek the Lord all the more this year. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you, Lord, give us revelation, um, divine revelation, uh, Lord, of your word, give us some some meat um, that we can uh, just feed on your word so we can be more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. As many know, right now we are in the middle of a 14-day fast. And so we're really just... Um, just teaching in the, in the, in our, within our fast and all the different prayer gatherings we have, just touching on encouraging people to seek the Lord. Um, our, um, our prayer focus for this year at Hopeland Church is three things. Um, it's real simple, but it's that we, um, our prayer is that we're ready, that we have a readiness, and you know, a readiness. And, and then um, our second prayer focus is availability. That's our prayer, that we would all come to God in and through prayer and express our availability to God and to actually be available to God, okay? And then the last one is sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, that we would um, grow more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we would develop a more intimate and close relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we would hear His voice and follow, that we would... Uh, be led by the Holy Spirit all the more. Can I get an amen? Okay, so with that said, this is um, this um, message today is just really kind of speaking into those things and we're gonna see those things kind of woven within what we share today. So open your Bibles to Psalm 14, verse two. Psalm chapter 14, verse two reads, uh, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any you understand who seek God. So God is looking for those that will seek him, right? And, and, and so I want to encourage everybody out there today to make a choice to seek God in and through prayer like you never have. Seek God this year like never before. Um, sometimes I think we feel like we don't have any time. We're kind of... We got a lot going on, but I am telling you, there is time to seek God because there's time to do a lot of other things. And so we want to encourage you out there 
to seek the Lord. Okay, so uh, we're going to look at Ezra now. And so we're going to see um, how Ezra sought the Lord. But um, as we get into this, though, just to give you some context here of the book of Ezra, before the book of Ezra, um, in the days of Jeremiah, the, the people of God, God's people, were taken into Babylonian captivity, all right, for 70 years, okay? And so, in, in, and I, I'm not going to read these verses verbatim, but I'll have them up on the screens for those that are watching this live and, and watching this, uh, our service is in, in Jeremiah 29, verse 10, this is where Jeremiah says, after 70 years in Babylon, that, you know, and he's speaking, thus saith the Lord, and it's saying, I will visit you, and I will fulfill my promise to you, and I will bring you back to Jerusalem, okay? So, so that's what Jeremiah prophesied. And then Isaiah also prophesied some interesting things. He, said, he basically prophesied about Cyrus, okay, king of Persia, he shall fulfill my purpose. This is the prophet Isaiah saying this about Cyrus. And, 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 and in the context of that very verse in Isaiah 44, verse 28, it, he also says like the foundation of the temple will be laid and Jerusalem you shall be built. And so those two prophecies, literally you see them fulfilled in Ezra. Okay, literally. So literally 70 years in Babylon, the first wave of people came out of Babylonian, initially Babylonian captivity into Jerusalem, okay? Came out into Jerusalem and, and, and it is King Cyrus that decreed it and Isaiah prophesied it. Pretty powerful, right? Pretty powerful. So, so what, what, how do we apply this to our lives? Like, what about us, you know? Well, God is doing something right now. So why do I say that? Like, why is that even a point? God is doing something right now because we see in this storyline the book of Ezra, that though their sin of idolatry got them into captivity, God was gracious and God promised. And so, you know, God will do what he said he would do. And, and that's what we see here, that, that God is sovereign and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And God is sovereign over history. Um, but, but here we see that there were people that willfully gave themselves to the will of God. We're going to get into this in Ezra that became a part of what God was doing, okay? So God is sovereign over history, but, but we wanna be a part of it. And so I wanna encourage you that in our midst right now, even as a community, Hopeland Church, God is doing something in our midst. God is doing something in people's lives. God is saving people. God is healing people. God is delivering people. God is restoring people, uh, you know, to their relationship to him and their relationship with others. Like, like God is moving. And, and in your life, God is doing something right now. Sovereignly, he's moving. And, 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 and he, is, he is speaking. He is leading. He is with us. He is moving. Like, however you want to say it, like, God is doing something right now, okay? And so we're gonna now go into Ezra here. This is after the decree of, of, of King Cyrus that the, the, the people of the God of heaven can go back and build the temple, okay? So that's like the big story of, of Ezra is God's people coming out of the captivity into Jerusalem to build the temple, their place of worship, 
Okay, that's the big idea. And then it goes into them actually purifying their own lives because they started to get um, intertwined and get some mixture from the pagans that were in the territory. It kind of, you know, they just kind of allowed that to influence them a little bit and they had to kind of separate themselves from that. But, but the big idea of Ezra is God's people coming out of captivity to worship God. And so isn't that the gospel that Jesus has called us out of the captivity of sin to come and into his house, his, his temple, the very throne of heaven, that we can approach the throne of grace, right? We can approach the throne of grace with, with boldness, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy, find grace to help in your time of need. And that we really are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like we are called out of captivity to be liberated, to, to, to dwell in the land that God has called us to live in and to, and to worship him, okay? And so that, that's the story here. That, that, that's what we see. That's how we see really the gospel in Ezra, all right? So once again, guys, I want to encourage you. God is doing something right now. Ezra chapter one, we're gonna read verse five and six. As I said, this is right, right before this, the first four verses speak of what Cyrus decreed and wow, you know, uh, Zerubbabel and uh, these leaders, they gather together and they start to head into Jerusalem. And Ezra 1 verse 5 reads, verse 5 and 6, Then the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those were around them, so, and all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods, and livestock and with precious things besides all that was willingly offered. And so as I said, we see that God sovereignly spoke through the prophets. Said 70 years are coming back. God moved the heart of Cyrus. The Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of God. Like so so God sovereignly is doing what he said he would do. Okay, but then in the midst of, of, of what God has determined, you have a people that were stirred. I'm gonna say that again. In the midst of God sovereignly doing what he had determined, there was a people that were stirred in what God was doing, okay? And so um, the, the, words, the, the, the Bible says here that with all whose spirits, God moved, right? And so God's doing something on the inside of these people. Now, by this point, we're talking 70 years in, these people, for the most part, were born in captivity. This is all they knew. This is all they knew, all right? And God is stirring them, moving them. This, this word stir in the Hebrew it means awaken, to stir up, to raise up, to arouse. Like they were like, you know, let's go. God is moving, something going on on the inside. You know, 
Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that is within you. That word stir in the Greek, it speaks of fanning the flame, to stir, to stoke the fire, like God was doing something in these people. And their response, the scripture says that they arose and got up to build, all right? To build the house of the Lord. And so God always begins with the individual's heart. That, that's where God starts, right? That's where he begins. God does not begin on the outside, right? You see that there's nothing built here, folks. There's no temple. There's, there's, they're, they're still there. They're not even in Jerusalem yet, but God starts to move on in their spirit, the core of their being. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You know, that God wants to stir us in our spirit. He wants to light the flame, fan the flame internally within us. You know, we, we must, if, if, if we're gonna seek God, if we're, if we're gonna do anything for God, you know, if we're gonna, if there's gonna be any kind of outcome in our life of a life lived for God, we must first be stirred on the interior. Can I get an amen, somebody? This is where prayer comes in, folks. This is where seeking God comes in. You know, because, and this is why, this is why it's so important. In light of this, this story in Ezra, in light of this story, and in light of our own story, we must be stirred on the interior because we never know when God is going to open the door. You know what I mean? Like we want to be ready when he does. And we might even have a sense uh, of what, he, what he's gonna do, but we must be prepared. And that's what we're getting to here, right? We must be prepared. Back to the question <clears throat> of this sermon series, are you ready? Are you ready? It doesn't say anything other than that they were stirred. Two things, this is what it says here. For the people that, came out of captivity to build God's house, the place of worship, to restore worship and to restore community, their community. Two things, God sovereignly touched them, obviously, stirred them. Number two, they responded. Number two, they responded. So when our hearts are individually moved by God, we will together do great things for God. Can I say that again? When our hearts are individually moved by God, we will together do great things for God. But we must be stirred. There must be something on the inside, that sense of divine purpose, that sense, the, the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, like, you know, this, this word used just, just gets me excited. Um, in, in, in the, I believe in the, um, um, in the, well, in the New King James, it says um, moved. And I believe in King James, some of the other versions, it says stirred. Other ones, it says awakened. Or, or actually, I think King James says they raised them up. Like God raised them. So there's something about when God stirs us in our heart, for the things of God, for the purposes of God, for the word of God, for the will of God. In that, like literally, it's, it's synonymous to us 
being raised up. Like we rise above this world. You know what I mean? We rise above the flesh. We rise above the, 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 the base things. We, we rise. When we're stirred in our spirit, we rise above depression. We rise above suicide. We rise above anxiety and perversion and lust and pornography and hatred and racism. Come on now. We want God to raise us up. And I don't mean even on, in, a, in, a, in a platform sense or in an influence sense. I mean internally raise us up above the sin, the, raise us up above the, 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 the things that devil's trying to pull us into and, and pull, pull us out of the will of God and into, into darkness. Come on now, somebody. The Bible says, and all whose spirits God had moved these people arose and they got up to go and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. My question to you is this, is anybody stirred in their spirit? Is anybody stirred in their spirit? I'm telling you, this is part of you, speaking of this being stirred on the interior, God is moving. I'm sensing God do this. I'm, I'm hearing God. Again, my, I'm hearing more clearly again. This is, this is where our, our seeking the Lord comes in. As we shared in the beginning of this sermon that God is looking. Is there anybody who understands that is seeking God, right? And um, this, this pursuit of God, we must walk into, go after God, be stirred on the inside, authentically stirred, and sensing, having a very sense of, of God being present in our lives right here in the moment. God is doing something right now. And is anybody stirred in their spirit today? Okay, here, I, I got a quote here for you. Uh, William McGill said this, the value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we will finally hear him. Come on, somebody. Say it when we say, stir me up, Lord. Come on now, stir me up, Lord. I'm telling you, folks, can I ask you again? Is anybody stirred in their spirit today? All right, Ezra chapter three, verse one to three. And this is, okay, so they come in to Jerusalem, um, and there's a lot there, you can read it, but here it is, Ezra 3, and this is the first thing they did when they came in. Okay, the first thing they did. And when the seventh month had come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one to Jerusalem. Then Yeshua, the son of Josadak, and his brethren, the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse three, though fear had come upon them because of the people of, these, of those countries, they set the altar on its basis and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord 
both the morning and evening burnt offerings. Okay, and so here's my next point. Restore rhythms of worship. All right, restore with rhythms of worship. Okay, their whole goal was to build the temple, but they were like, first and foremost, I know there's things within the law and within their own tradition as to why they did this specifically, but if we even look at it on this side of the cross, if we look at this through Christ, through the lens of the gospel and the cross, we see here that the first and primary thing restored was worship. Okay, and, and restoration is a theme of Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay, there was restoration, or you could use maybe even the word renewal, because they were in captivity. So they're coming back to kind of re-up. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to, let's get back to how it was. Let's restore some things. Let's obviously rebuild the temple. Rebuild, restore, renew. Okay, revitalize community. Um, and so the first thing, though, most importantly, uh, altar, altar was that place of worship. It's where they offered. It's where they brought their offerings. It was it's literally that place that, in a sense, it's like the gate of heaven. This is where we commune with God. This is where we sacrifice, okay? And the Bible says, you know, give a sacrifice of praise, okay? And, and, and you know, and that our worship, our praise, you know, it is an offering to God, all right? And, and so when... We walk with God this year. As you're walking with God, I am encouraging, encouraging you to restore rhythms of worship. What do I mean by rhythm? Meaning that it's not just, you know, just um, these inspired moments or events you attend. That, that's awesome. But I want to encourage you in your own personal life, your, your life, your, your private life, that you have a rhythm, a, a cadence in your life of worship, of time with God, time in the word, time at his feet, that you have yourself an altar at home, if you will, that you have a place, um, you know, at your kitchen table where you open your Bible, a place where you can pray, a moment, I'm telling you, so important as we seek the Lord, as we ready ourselves, Back to, are you ready? I am telling you that creating within our life rhythm, rhythms of worship, that, that there is a time and a place, a moment, and, I, and, and that there's a rhythm to it, not, not, not drudgery or not religion or not ritual, but that in the rhythm of my life, you know, I'm going to sacrifice to God some, I'm going to give him some praise. In the rhythm of my day, I'm going to set some time aside for him. Okay. And so you see like, this is the first thing they did. It's primary. It's first before the whole temple, before, before the, the, the wall around the city in Nehemiah. It was like, no, nah, man, we need the altar first. Some people say, man, I need to get my life together. I need to do this. I got to do this. I got to get my career together. I got to get my money together. I got to get my, my, I got to get, I got to get married first. No, you better have an altar first. 
Have your own altar before you meet that person at the altar. Somebody say amen. Come on now, we are worshipers first. We were created to give God glory. Come on now, right? That is, that is, that is, that is, that is the biblical theme is worship. It is worship, folks. It is worship, right? Salvation itself, the confession of our mouth, Jesus is Lord. My brothers and sisters, that is a profession. It's worship. Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, somebody say worship. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So our life is that of worship. They set the tone. This is the precedence. Ezra isn't even on the scene yet. Something around 50 years after they got there, right? Even maybe even after they built the temple, that's when Ezra came in. So they came in a couple waves of groups of people here. And Ezra's not even there yet. An amazing leader, a scribe. He's, he's part of a priestly family, right? And he was a man of God and, 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 a, and a spiritual leader at that, okay? And he comes in and he, and he does some great things. Before Ezra showed up, man, let's get this altar. Come on now. That what they were doing was not built around a personality. It was built around worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it with me. Say restore rhythms of worship. C.S. Lewis, great Christian writer, um, he wrote, um, in worship, God imparts himself to us that we would be more like him. He inhabits the praises of his people. We behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we are being transformed into the same image by the spirit of the Lord. When, and worship just isn't song, it is a life. I'm here, God, for your glory. And in worship, God imparts himself to us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles to Ezra chapter seven, verses eight to 10, and I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it here. Now, this is um, once Ezra got into town, okay? So he was released and given provision and they, you know, to, to come. And so this speaks of um, when Ezra came. So here we go, verse eight. And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which, was, which is in the seventh year of the king. On the first day of the first month, he began his journey from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. according to the good hand of his God upon him. Say it with me again. Say God is doing something right now. Sovereign, God's sovereign hand was on him. Boom. Verse 10. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. It's the sovereign hand of God on his life. But 
Ezra responded to it. And it says that he willfully prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it. Which brings us to our next point, folks. It's time to prepare our hearts. It's time to prepare our hearts. Uh, this word prepare in the Hebrew, it means fully determined. It speaks of faithfulness. It means to fashion, to fasten, to be firm. It's, it's, it speaks of being established and fitted. It's like, man, in a sense, it mean, it's like what, what we were saying last week. It's like, I'm preparing my heart, but really, what am I doing? I'm getting in position, positioning myself. I'm fully determined, faithful, fashioned, fastened to be firm, established, fitted. I'm going to fit right into this right here. Now I'm going to give my life to this right here. This is where my heart is going. This is what my heart is doing. He prepared himself right there. And just as we see, we see two things here. We see God's grace, his hand on him. We see God's sovereignty, his hand on him. But we see that Ezra responded to that. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra responded. Ezra, 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 God drew near to him, but he is now drawing near to God. And, and it's time to prepare our hearts. All right, it's time to prepare our hearts. This man went up to God. He lands in Jerusalem. First thing he does, I gotta, I gotta get ready here. I gotta prepare my heart. I mean, and he gets in Jerusalem, man, and he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to seek God, to seek him through his word. All right? So, hallelujah. Here, I'm gonna read a few quotes here for you. I just really felt in my spirit just to share some quotes on prayer, um, just because it's kind of what we're, where we're at, what we're doing. But if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's just time to seek the Lord. Um, and I understand trouble, trial, turmoil, you know, warfare, it can kind of drive us into prayer, and that is true. Um, but hopefully that's what the outcome is, what it happens to us. But um, like I, I'll go back, you know, rhythms of worship and let's seek the Lord because we want to seek the Lord. We want to know him, all right? So uh, here, here's another quote here from George Mueller. It says, the vigor of our spiritual life will be in exact proportion to the place held by the Bible in our life and our thoughts. And so the vigor, the spiritual life, the, we've been talking about being stirred up in the spirit, stirred and moved internally in God's direction. Um, it's in proportion to the place we give the Bible in our life. And here you see Ezra prepared himself. Many times the scripture says, People prepare themselves to seek the Lord, right? They prepared their heart to seek the Lord. But here, it's very specific. He prepared his heart to seek the law, to seek God in and through his word, okay? And so if God, I got some questions for you. If God has put his hand on you, are you yielding your life to him? God has put his hand on you. Are you yielding your life to him? 
Let me say it a different way. If grace has come, sovereignty, meaning undeserved, can't be other anything other than just God coming up after you, touching you, moving in your life. If God has come, is your will following? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm almost done, guys. We're almost done. Um, I just wanted to give you these real quick too, but in, in regards to Ezra seeking the Lord, there's three things he did. So, you know, one way we seek God is through our study of the word. And, and this was Ezra's approach, and it should be ours as well. He did three things. He did three things. When he, he did three things. His seeking the Lord was three things and with respect to the scripture, the Bible. Number one, he read it. Number two, lived it. Number three, he shared it. Say it with me. Say, read it. Live it, share it. The scripture says that he sought the law of the Lord, right? Obviously read it. And then it says, and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Read it, live it, share it. All right, I got a couple more quotes for you. I'm loving these prayer quotes. I hope you are too. Here we go. This is a quote from E.M. Bounds. We got two more quotes and I'm gonna close in prayer. Prayer makes a godly man and puts within him the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, of self-surrender, of service, of pity, and of prayer. If we really pray, we will become like God or else we will quit praying. <laughs> what, what is he, yeah, that's a challenge, isn't it? He's like, man, just keep praying and you will become more like God. Not, 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 I'm not getting weird about this. Like we become God or like little gods or something weird. No, it's just that we start to represent him in his nature through our life, our attitude. Come on now. We start to, we seek God, right? We're, we're, we're gonna become more like him. Like John the Baptist said, let me decrease and let you increase, right? Here's the last one. Last quote and I'm gonna pray. D.L. Moody said this. Some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. The way to trouble God is not to come at all. God is calling us. God's hand is on us. He's calling you to seek him like never before. The question is, will you do it? Father, I pray for everybody here. I pray, God, that we this year become God seekers like we, like we never have. Lord, just seeking you for your will, your wisdom, your plan, God, your heart, your thoughts, everything that you want, God, we are here for it. Lord, we will go anywhere, we will do anything. Where, wherever you say go, we'll go. Whatever you say do, we will do. Lord Jesus, we're ready, we're available, and Holy Spirit, help us, show us, teach us how to be more sensitive to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, 
Join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.